All right. Good morning. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who run, that he may run who reads it. Everybody say run. Yeah. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Sounds like God's pushing things, doesn't it? <laughs> Therefore, King Agrippa, this is Paul, you know what I mean, as he's given his testimony. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. All of these have a role in my message this morning. Okay? Particularly heavenly vision. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Nehemiah, from this story of Nehemiah, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I rose in the night and a few men with me and I told no one what God had put in my heart. And specifically, of course, with Jerusalem. And, you know, the other is all part of the process, but what God had put in the heart. So reads the, the framework of our scriptures today from which we will draw. And I've entitled it, Earthing a Vision. Not unearthing, but earthing a vision. Today, because the best is yet to come, how do we facilitate, how do we get to, how do we make happen? What is our involvement in the best is yet to come? So I want to ask you this morning, what is your personal vision? What is your public vision? What has God spoken to you? What has God put in your heart? What has the Father revealed to you that has not come by natural sight? Hasn't come by natural learning. It's been a divine download. All right? Amen. So we want to talk about that this morning to give you the keys of how to earth your vision, how to make your vision become a reality. And the Lord has given me several points that, uh, you know what I mean, I think they're fresh. And those are the ones I want to share with you. A biblical call is generally a dialogue between God or an agent of God and a human being. The word dialogue is important there. <coughs> Moses had a dialogue with God at the burning bush. And along the way, of course, he had a dialogue. Sarah, she overheard the angel talking to Moses. Okay, an agent. And she heard about that she was destined to have a child. Mary had a dialogue with the angel. Saul had a dialogue with God through Ananias. So there is a dialogue that happens in the deposit of God that has to do with the vision or the dream 
be it personal or public. Many have both. Yes. You see, while your job and careers, they come and go, your calling, your appointed mission in life is constant. Yes. It will, throughout life, it's a reflection of who God made you to be and why God made you. A purpose and a role. And Paul wrote in 26 of Acts, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Yes. Vision. When you tune into God and receive a divine download, a divine download. Amen? How does that happen? It happens when you make space for God. When you make room in your heart and willing to make room in your life, you can see the vision that God has for your life. Life. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John did not have the birth, miraculousness of it that Jesus did, but he was nevertheless sent by God. And of course, you can unwrap that in the fact of all those people that were involved to make it happen, to make John happen. And then John making God's view or God's vision happen. Vision has tremendous power, as you know. It gives you reason to get up, get up every morning. Now some get up because they have to. But you know it's a whole lot better to get up because you're chasing something. You know you have a divine appointment in that day. The day that God has made. Vision's power just propels you into the future. Without vision, life just makes all kinds of zigzags. But when you have vision, you are traveling with purpose and destiny. The vision that we're talking about too this morning is that which is gives us a clear sense of what is possible. Clear sense of what is possible that can give your, the pain that you may have in your life, purpose. Imagine the words of Paul. The things that happened unto me happened to the furtherance of the gospel. What a great interpretation of life. What a, what a vision. What a view. And it was major too. Paul saw that life and the things that happened, you know, can become a platform to the testimony of Jesus Christ and his activity. In his life, that began to reach not just him, but so many people. In fact, is we're still reading about it today. We're still taking courage, you know what I mean, from, the, from his personal words after the fact. And he spends a great portion of the chapter telling about all the terrible things that happened to him. Yes. 
So, it's how you see things. Vision is a download from heaven. It's God's idea. We have to capture this. Vision is God's power working through individuals to bring about his divine purpose on earth. Vision is God's power working in you and me. It is that spiritual impartation that has to do with God's eternal purposes. Oh yes. It's about getting the heavenly will to earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who is that that's saying that? When you begin to see vision in dreams, whether it's personal or public, as the offspring of God. Yes, as God's idea that he is placing in human hands, wherein that vision becomes a real life story. In the beginning was the word. How many know that the word just can't stay there if it's going to have benefit? The word became flesh. Oh, hallelujah. Think about this. That even the redemptive plan of God required a body It required an earthing of God's idea, God's vision. The offspring of God. Yes, it's that birthing of divine will. It's God's fusion with humanity. Yes, it is. See, just as God ordained that his son be transferred from heaven to earth, God has ordained that there be specific things transferred from heaven to earth. Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, neither in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed. What a fantastic role. Amen. Heaven's transfer comes through earthen vessels. Oh, hallelujah. For we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels that the excellency of power of God. You know, the ecstasy of God, the power might be of him and not of ourselves. It doesn't really lose anything when the earthen vessel is willing to hold the treasure. Somebody give the Lord a praise today. The ecstasy of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There is divine revelation. Who do men say that I am, or the Son of Man am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all of a sudden, we discover divine communication. Blessed art thou, summer by Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Oh, yes. There was then and there is now divine downloads. Hey, man, it may not always be on the public scene, 
but God has an interest in your private life. And as you thumb through the pages of scriptures, you'll discover, you know, the, desi- the divine insights, but then there will become a, you know, that revelation, as it were, into your spirit, into your mind. You see, because Christ, oh yes, didn't just happen to come. He arrived by divine appointment. The idea of God really has a long lifespan. Starts way before the time appointed. But if you wait for it, he said it will come to pass. Catch this. Every heavenly vision needs an earthly body. It needs an earthly life. Yes, it does not happen independent of earthlings. Your dream, my dream, your vision, my vision does not happen without my involvement. Amazing. It requires human cooperation. It requires a yes from people. It was Mary's yes to the, her role as Jesus' mother that began the earthing of the vision of God. It was her yes. Are you catching it? Whatever you're believing for, you have to be the body. You have to be the feet, the arms, the legs, and the voice of the vision and of the dream. Personal or Public, if you believe in something for your family, put a body on it. Put some legs on it. Put some hands to it. Put a voice to it. Because it's got to be carried. Mary had to carry the vision. Mary had to, you know, protect the dream. Mary had to go ahead and nurture it. And then after it was born, she still had major responsibilities. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't do it all. No. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to put something in you. And out of you, it's going to become reality. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. You are the body for your dream. You and I were the channels. Oh, yes. Our dream requires involvement. Yes. Just as God needed a body to earth his vision of redemption. 
he is still using a body for his proclamation. It says he has put all things under his feet and gave him head to be over all things to the church, which is his body. There is no church without bodies. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. Yes. The body. It needs a body. It's heaven to earth. It's divine to human. That's why the enemy works overtime to get your body out of the game. (laughs) Because it can only go forward when it has a body. It cannot just be a dream. It's got to have a body. Oh, hallelujah. How shall these things be? When God can find a body, the impossible becomes possible. When he got the yes from Mary, he steps into the role The power of the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And the dream and the vision will start to grow. The evidence of it will start, you'll start to feel. You will feel it and you will be aware of it way before there is natural Evidence of what has taken place. You feel it. You sense it. Hallelujah. Man. It's important to understand the vision. When Noah, he had to say yes to the building of the ark. (laughs) Moses had to say yes to the leading of the people. The first thing is your yes. Esther had to say yes to the saving of her people. He needs a yes. He needs a yes. When you say yes, you are opening yourself up to God's plan.
course, there's a journey. You have to say yes. One yes at a time. You say yes as you move along the way. And it all begins with someone's yes. Someone's yes. Because it begins to form a partnership. A partnership between God and people. And oftentimes grows from that to people to people. It's that walking out that assignment that has been revealed. See, it moves from more than just being an available womb to an available life. An available life. God is so exact. God is time specific. God is place specific. God is people specific. And God is setting specific. When the fullness of time was come. Acts chapter 17 verse 26. It says that he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. Yes. How about that? It says that David served his generation. And then, of course, somebody came after that and served the next generation. An appointed time, an appointed place, and an appointed assignment. Why are you here? When you are here. How many know that when it says God is set in the body just as it please him, some of those that he set years ago are no longer <laughs> set in the body. They're not in the earthly form anymore. But in each time, God is setting. In each time, God is giving a role. But you can't fulfill your role without your In my life, I have obviously been connected to a lot of people, just as you have in your life. But what becomes confusing to a lot of people in this role that we play is being unfamiliar with divine contractions. The pressure of the assignment. 
You see, it's God's labor, but it's our delivery. It's God's labor, but it's our delivery. Who delivered Jesus? Mary. No doubt some midwives too that would help. Moses and his assignment has not only his mother, but those around that helped to facilitate, you know, help to protect and help to go ahead and assure his future. Even though it had a death sentence. Now the death sentence didn't come from God. When Mary discovered the truth of her conversation becoming reality, the first thing she did is got with somebody that knew a little bit about it. She went to Elizabeth. And some major things happened in that, in that setting. That's good wisdom right there. There's groans and there's labors. And birthing something. Divine contractions. Not pleasant. There is always a man, a woman, behind the building, as from Nehemiah of the wall, the fulfillment of vision, always. God looked for a man to stand in the gap. Okay, what is a gap? It's the gap between the promise and the reality of the promise. God's looking for men, women. Will you stand in the gap for your vision? Will you stand in the gap for your dream? Yes. Because it's not going to happen without your body. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I want to give you just a word from Nehemiah. As he was turning the vision into reality. The first thing you discover that he does after he's had this download, after God has put this in his heart and he makes the journey to his divine assignment or the place of his assignment. He traveled about 800 miles in order to get to his assignment. All right? I mean, that's quite a journey and on foot or on camel or donkey, however you get there. It's not too, too, too hard today, Clay, does it? You know what I mean? You can make that thousand miles in one day if you really have a heart to it. Now, back then, it'd take a little while. And so he says, the first thing, after getting to my place of my assignment, he says, I need to relax. It says that he relaxed for three days. Interpreting that for him from me is 
you and I are responsible for filling up our energy bucket. Yes, to replenish that which has been depleted. Learning how to live with an active soul, but yet a rested soul. One thing about a refreshed soul, it's much easier to guide than it is an unrested soul. Learn how to replenish your energy bucket. Learn how to spend time with the Energizer Bunny. (laughs) Meet with God. Practice His presence. Yes. And don't take it lightly. Don't be so, you know, excited that you didn't take the time. Because the New Testament says that you make an evaluation so you can make proper application. Yes. No man sitteth down and considers building without checking whether or not he has everything lined up enough to be able to get the job done. It's in that rest you get time to reflect and also to reaffirm. What you should not do when you're tired You shouldn't make important decisions. Replenish your energy bucket. You even shouldn't write important letters. One of the things that I've learned to do, and I hope that it comes across that way, and that is, you know, it's not only important that I have the right message. It's that I am it's important that I have the right spirit for the message. The right spirit for the message. Yes. And we could go on and on about that. I'll ask my musicians to come and One of the things that Nehemiah also said in between all that he would teach us that I have in my notes we're not going to do this morning is you got to walk it out. You got to walk it out. Yes. God shows us the plan one step at a time. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The step. One yes at a time. The download from God into your heart is for real. He has revealed. He lets you know. There's a support of authority of God's word. But then there's that specific
most every vision starts with need. You get to see. You understand. See, Nehemiah had to help the people see the mess they were in. They had lived in the mess so long that they didn't even see it as a mess. And then there were those that didn't even care that it was a mess. He had to help them see. And so when that dream that God has given you involves other people, sometimes you have to help them see. Help them see the mess that they're in. Concluding with this this morning. When you give God your lunch, mighty things happen. You will always only have how many loaves and fishes was it? Five loaves and two fishes? That's all you'll ever have. But when you give your lunch to God, you will see it multiply. And what will come back to you will be way more than your five loaves and two fishes. For a moment, it might look that you've lost everything. But because you've said yes, you stick with your yes. Hallelujah. Nehemiah invested a lot in God's vision, in God's download. That which God has put in my heart. But as you stand with me this morning, in the midst of those miracles, There's an outstanding miracle. And it's not that you gave your lunch. It is that God would even use your lunch. This ruler of the universe the one who reigns over all, that he would give us a part. That he would give us a part in the kingdom. The miracle (coughs) is that God would allow Nehemiah to even be part of the task. Everybody has the opportunity to say yes or no. God will still get it done. Remember Esther? Mordecai says, you, you got it right. 
You can be silent at this time. You don't have to step into the arena. But somebody else will. Somebody else will. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we get a roll. Right now, in the kingdom work, we're the body of the spiritual treasures. Yeah. We're the body of the spiritual treasures. So as we leave and we go from the house this morning, I want you to take this and ask yourself, what is my body supposed to be doing to help fulfill the vision and the dream that God has placed in my heart? Now, don't, don't start running to a vision that he hasn't placed in there, okay? But why am I here at this time? Why am I in this place at this time? Why did I get to be born in America? <coughs> Divine appointment. Divine appointment. Do we have just a song there that we can sing? Hallelujah. I want to encourage this morning. Seriously, I do. Something that may be all insignificant when it's carried to full term will literally blow your mind. Except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die. It abides alone. Your life can become more meaningful when it says yes. More fulfilled when it says yes. I didn't want to say yes. No. We're going on, I'm going on 42 years. I was, about, I was a pastor for a year and a half before my wife and I, and this is our 40th anniversary. That's why we got a flower on. You know. <laughs> but I said yes. Yes. Are we good? God has placed you. Jim, it's no accident that you went from having your business to carpentry. God set you in the midst of those boys. No, it's no accident. What's happening to you is intended to further the gospel, the testimony. Some story will come out of it. Man, some story. Nehemiah was not a priest. Nehemiah did not hold some spiritual office. Nehemiah was just a cupbearer. But he saw and heard about and prayed about 
a need. And as he did that, God sent him. God sent him. You don't have to have a spiritual legacy, you know, of generations. You do not have to come from a priesthood. God says, I have made you a priest. Right? When you become a believer, you enter into the role of priesthood. When you give your life to Jesus, you have entered into God's time for your life and God's role and plan for your life. For you are a royal priesthood. Don't hang your head. Hallelujah. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you're different. Don't that let don't that let that shut you down. You're different so you can praise the Lord. That you might show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. He sends us back into dark places to let our light shine. Amen. We don't shine so good among ourselves. Just a bunch of lights. Well, when you put them in a dark room, go with God because he's on his way. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Pray for the rain to stop. <laughs>